This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, May 22nd. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, county moves forward at society turn. Mountain Village Police Department finally fully staffed. G is for government previews Telluride Town Council. And a mountain weather forecast. A proposed major development at Society Turn is moving forward after receiving the thumbs up from county commissioners last week. Introducing the project, Planning Director for San Miguel County, Kay Simonson, says the 20-acre parcel tucked between Highway 145 and Lawson Hill has long been earmarked with this project in mind. By way of background, in 2019, there was an amendment to the Telluride Regional Area Master Plan, uh, the future land use element, to uh, specifically address the society term parcel. Uh, The property is currently zoned PUDR, which has no development standards or allowed uses associated with it. The development has been subject to significant interest in discussion over the years, in part due to its scope, its location, and its numerous services to the surrounding community. Simonson continues. Regarding the public benefits, about half of the property will be dedicated to public purposes, uses, and activities. Uh, This includes a dedication and conveyance of 2.6 acres to the Telluride Hospital District, and that includes installation of infrastructure to the property, Um, dedication and conveyance of 1.5 acres to the towns of Telluride and Mountain Village for potential expansion of the regional wastewater treatment plant, In addition to providing land for the expansion of the wastewater treatment plant and for a new hospital, the project plan includes designated open space and trail systems, as well as 120 units of deed-restricted employee housing. Given the scale of the project and county rules on housing mitigation, the developer is required to provide 90 affordable employee dwelling units. Simonson says the developer has worked those into the plan. Plus uh, additional units uh, that could be on the fourth floor, um, so kind of bonus employee housing, and then also three units over on the medical center side above their parking. The proposal also includes a hotel project with 125 rooms. The location of a hotel away from the area's primary tourist facilities has been a source of controversy. In response, the developer has worked to reduce the footprint of the hotel, but has maintained it's an essential piece. By way of summary, Simonson breaks down the square footage of the different uses. So 62% of the project floor area would be commercial and lodging uses, um, 15% would be medical center, and 23% would be employee housing. Tom Kennedy, a representative for the project's developer, Genesee Properties Incorporated, says the project has been in the works for a long time, refined by numerous planning stages and processes. The product, he says, is admirable. It's an important plan. It's a balanced plan for us. And at this point, it it, it matters the private uses that we have in the plan just as much as it matters the public uses that are in the plan. But we do think it's a fair and balanced plan. In public comment, Pam Lifton-Zoline says balance is not the word that comes to her mind. My problem with this project and it's always been my problem with this project, is that it's too big. It's simply too big. It's too big for the site, and it's too big for the region. Chris Chafin, who serves on the hospital district board, made comment to urge the commissioners to approve the plan for the longevity of the hospital and its patients. I think you all are aware the timing is urgent for the medical center. The community needs to secure this location for a new facility 
This is our last chance to keep our Box Canyon from becoming a medical desert. There's no feasible alternative plan B that we've been able to find. Over the years, commissioners have become intimately familiar with the project, but the unexpected resignation of Commissioner Hillary Cooper earlier this year left a vacant seat in the room. Commissioner Chris Holstrom says this vacancy gives her pause. And so the timing of this, I would much rather have the input of all three commissioners representing all parts of the county rather than just two-thirds of it. I don't know how that works into this process. I don't want to cause unnecessary delay, but I I am a little uncomfortable without um, a full complement of commissioners. Commissioner Lance Waring heard her concerns, but was wary of creating further delay. He adds this preliminary approval is not the last step. I would like to call for a motion knowing that we have a final plat approval meeting at some point in the future where there will be three commissioners seated. By statute, a quorum of commissioners is two. Despite her concerns, Hallstrom joined Waring with a vote in favor of the development. Although final approvals may come with adjustments, the vote by the county commissioners marks a significant milestone. The project could take up to 25 years to complete, with the hospital and the wastewater treatment plant leading the way. The Mountain Village Police Department is finally fully staffed. For the first time in a long time, we are fully staffed. I think that's a result of the mayor and council and the town manager's support. Um, We've got a great crew. We're really looking forward to this summer. And I just thank you for your support. That's Mountain Village Chief of Police Chris Brody presenting a report to Mountain Village Town Council last week. The reason I'm so excited for having full staff is it really this winter was me, Matt, Erica, Mark, and Jason, the five of us, did this whole winter. And we seem to have a lot of crashes this winter, so um, we're, we're fairly busy. According to Brody, from October 2022 to March 2023, calls for service went down, from nearly 3,000 calls the year prior to just over 2,000 calls. But investigations, arrests, and traffic contacts all went up. There were 101 investigations, up from 81, 31 arrests, up from 19, and 38 traffic contacts, up from 22. We did have a significant increase in physical arrests. Um, We did have a lot of domestic violence issues, um, DUIs. Uh, We just got results back from one DUI. He was a 358. Um, legal legal limit is 0.08. So. Despite being short-staffed, Brody says the department has participated in a number of trainings, a multi-jurisdiction active shooter training with the Telluride Marshals Department and the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office. Mountain Village police officers also completed trainings for survival tactic instructor, public safety leadership, DUI instructor, and CPR first aid instructor. During the meeting, Mayor Leila Benitez shared her appreciation for Chief Brody and his department. I just want to say thank you. I know it was a a tough winter, and you guys forgo a lot of time off, a lot of time away from your family, and worked some extremely long hours. So thank you to you and the team. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Last week, Mountain Village swore in two new officers. They are now completing their field training. Telluride Town Council is meeting on Tuesday with updates from Telski, a potential Neil Young concert, and ballot measures on the docket. In this installment of G is for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. I, I, 
Hey Geneva, thanks for being in the recording booth for another installment of G is for Government. Absolutely so stoked to be here. Um, Telluride Town Council is back on Tuesday and kicking off the morning with several really interesting work sessions, I think. Can you share what folks can hear from the morning session? Yeah, so uh, tomorrow we're going to start at 9.30 a.m., a half hour earlier than we usually do. Um, The first item is we are going to be discussing with uh, Chad Horning from Telluride Ski and Golf a Telluride Planning MOU, which stands for Memorandum of Understanding. Uh, We, as the town, have been discussing the future plans for the Carhenge parking lot and... uh, observing those preliminary meetings we had about the Southwest Area Plan. Uh, Telski sort of approached the town to see if we could embark on a planning session together since, of course, they own Chair 7 and a lot of that real estate down there, the land around Chair 7, just so that we could plan that area together. Um, So this MOU is not going to have any sort of binding um, legal agreements yet, but just sort of an agreement that we're going to move forward uh, somewhat in tandem to uh, do the best, most intelligent and collaborative planning process we can for that area of town. At 10 a.m., we are going to discuss a potential one-off concert uh, with Neil Young in Town Park, potentially, sometime between August 14th and August 20th. Um, This is coming from SBG, Steve Gumbel's um, company, where they were approached to potentially produce a show uh, at the interest of Neil Young. So we'll be discussing whether that is feasible for the town to take on and Parks and Rec, et cetera, all of the other user groups with the park. And then lastly in the morning, we will be discussing some potential ballot measures. Um, Scott Robson, our town manager, is going to introduce sort of uh, an overview of some of the big ticket upcoming infrastructure um, money that we need to find in order to complete some major upgrades that are necessary that have been put off for a long time and what kind of tax uh, ballot questions we may go to the bo- voters with. So those are the those are the morning work sessions. And typically at town council, it does all of its work sessions in the morning. But on Tuesday, y'all have a couple more that'll be coming up in the afternoon. What are those ones looking at? Yeah, so the first one at 1.10 p.m. is going to be about mayoral and council compensation and accountability standards. Um, We've been talking about this uh, a couple times at the council level, but just raising um, some of the compensation potentially for future councils. Um, We can't raise compensation or salaries for ourselves in our own term, but just to try and make uh, town council a more inclusive and accessible um, office for all types of people who live in our community to be able to afford to run for. Um, Also, some accountability parameters in there to sort of encourage uh, the best participation ever and not just give a raise to council members without uh, ensuring full uh, participation in the position. Um, And then after that, we will be discussing uh, the wastewater treatment plant expansion project update from... um, many members of our public works department. So those are all the work sessions for Tuesday. That's a lot. Is there anything else on the agenda that you think listeners might be interested in tuning in for? We do have um, public hearings, second readings of three ordinances that uh, have to do with the suspension um, moratorium that we did on certain land development applications that will Uh, make those changes that we wanted to make uh, very quickly, which uh, we're excited to sort of wrap up those loose ends on those. 
Uh, so as soon as if those pass on second reading, those should go into effect right away. In the afternoon, we do have, depending on how the work session in the morning goes, we do have an action item, um, first reading of an ordinance regarding the mayoral and council compensation topic. And then we'll also be hearing, of course, from the manager in the afternoon, um, including an update on the timeline for the short-term rental study. It's going to be a busy day. And Geneva, thanks for coming in, chatting with us. And we'll see you either over the airwaves, on Zoom, or in person on Tuesday. Sounds great. I'll be there. The possibility of a regional composting program is getting fresh legs. San Miguel County recently received funding from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to support a composting and food waste diversion program. County officials note compost not only fertilizes soil and helps plants grow, it also helps reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It's a win-win. San Miguel County will host a community event to share more information and gather feedback on the program on Saturday, May 27th at 8 a.m. at Mountain Lodge in Mountain Village. The event is part of Mountain Film, but free and open to all members of the community. Public land agencies across the Western Slope are reminding residents that wildfire prevention is a responsibility shared by all. As Memorial Day marks the beginning of summer camping, recreation, and cookout season, it's important to keep certain safety measures in mind. Agencies, including the Grand Mesa and Compagre and Gunnison National Forest, remind recreators that fireworks are never permitted on public lands, and any campfires must be under constant attention and smothered with dirt and water until completely extinguished. When starting a campfire outside of designated or established fire rings, clear all brush and flammable debris within a 10-feet diameter. Additionally, the GMUG asks anyone operating a motor vehicle in wilderness areas to avoid long grass and ensure the vehicle has no dragging parts, nor contact of any sort with a road surface. Driving a vehicle off-road is not allowed on public lands. The first step in safety for all, from yourself to other recreators to area habitat and beyond, is being prepared and educated before setting out. For complete information on wildfire safety measures, visit westslopefireinfo.com. Last week, the Durango 9R School District hosted its first training that would allow students to carry Narcan on campus. Students and their parents were trained on how to administer the opioid reversal nasal spray. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD has more. Can you use Narcan correctly? It's really important to understand that if you suspect anything, to give it anyway. If someone is not having an overdose, Narcan will not hurt you. After months of activism and very public lobbying of the school district, the first training session saw modest attendance. Four students and three parents showed up at the Durango 9R administration building. But even though only a few people attended the training, each person with this knowledge has the potential to save a life. And for the school district, it's a pilot for a training program that will continue into next year. We are just starting our first of hopefully many to come in the future. OSHA Truman, a registered nurse who ran the training, says they run about an hour and a half. 
It covers everything from signs and symptoms of an opiate overdose, the fact that we could have opiates in regular medication in this day and age as well. So it certainly is um, promoting the safety factor of what our communities and our students might be faced with. Colin Christensen, a sophomore at Durango High School, attended the training. He lost the cousin to an overdose. How to take my own part in stopping it, because I know it's a big issue. Fentanyl can be like laced into stuff, and I know people who like do stuff like that. So It's finals week, and many high school students are studying for their exams. The seniors who pushed for this policy change will graduate soon. The district says its next Narcan training will be in the fall. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. States that rely on the Colorado River have come up with a short-term proposal to cut their use in exchange for federal funding. KUNC's Luke Runyon has more. Water users in California, Arizona, and Nevada are ready to commit to 3 million acre-feet in cuts for the next three years, when an existing river management agreement expires. More than a billion dollars in funding from the Inflation Reduction Act will go to farmers, cities, and tribes to reduce their take of the river's water. Brenda Berman runs the Central Arizona Project. This is a short-term deal, right? If this is a short-term deal to build stability, and to prepare us for 2026. The states were under pressure from the Biden administration to reduce their use or risk federal intervention. Heavy snow this past winter eased some of that urgency, gave the region's water leaders more time to negotiate future agreements. I'm Luke Runyon. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight with a low around 40 degrees. Tuesday calls for showers and thunderstorms tapering off in the evening. The high is around 60 with a low near 40 degrees. Wednesday expect mostly sunny skies with a chance of showers and thunderstorms and a high in the mid-60s. Wednesday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 35 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, May 22nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.